This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. If you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 6. In 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 6, this is our, our main scripture that we've been going with for the month. And uh, this is powerful because, you know, the battle uh, that we face is, is more than just a battle with the devil. Now, we know that the devil is after us. You know, he's trying to destroy our lives. But the battle that we face a lot of times is in our thought life. It, it, it's, it's those thoughts that come our way. And so we need to understand this. We need to understand that our thoughts can dictate our lives. And so in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 6, uh, Paul had a revelation of this. And he says the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captivity every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And we are ready to punish every act of disobedience once our obedience is complete. So what, uh, what Paul is saying here is that, that we have stronger weapons. You know, you have, we have stronger weapons in psychology. Amen. You know, you, you can go to a bookstore and the bookstores would, you know, you go to the success uh, area in the bookstores and they will have a lot of psychology books on how to win in life. But I'm going to say this, that, that this Bible is the best book that you can read on how to win in life. And if you learn how to read this Bible and receive the truth in the Word of God, you don't have to re- read a success motivational book. You can read the Bible, and the Bible will set you free. You believe that today? And so, so we're talking today, uh, we, we've been talking about that the enemy wants to bind our minds up. It's called strongholds. And, uh, and a stronghold is a prisoner locked by deception. So the worst deception that we can face is self-deception. I would say that. And, uh, and, and there are people that you might know that I'm going to say this. There's, we, we all have different truths that we walk in in the Bible. But, you know, there's, there's the whole truth. Some people believe that God just saves but doesn't believe that God heals. Some people believe that God heals and saves, but they don't believe that God prospers. And so we got to have truth in every area of the Bible. God saves, he heals, and he prospers. Do you believe that today? So, so we need to be living our life in a true context of what the Word of God says. And, and we don't want to be living in a false world or a, or a lie that opposes the Word of God. Amen? And, um, and so uh, the first session we talked about overcoming strongholds. And so a stronghold is anything that we think about that opposes the word of God. In Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Now, I'm gonna, now this what this is saying here, what Paul is saying here, it, you just need to read your Bible and study it. What he's saying here is if you got, have issues in your life and you're dealing with issues, maybe you're dealing with financial problems or you're dealing with health issues, you're dealing with relationship issues, um, you're dealing with just issues, you need to get into the Word of God. 
you need to start studying the Word of God. Amen. You need to get that Word uh, transforming your mind. Amen. We need transformed minds and, re- and reconfigured bodies. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and so here, he's saying here, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So we know this, that when you get saved, your spirit becomes brand new, but your body doesn't, beca- doesn't change. Amen. Amen. And so you have, and your mind is in a process of renewal. And so when you get born again, you don't know everything about the word of God. You don't know how to act yet. And that's the reason why you come to church, so you can learn how to navigate this walk. Uh, The second session we talked about was addictions. And addiction is anything that you don't want to do, but you can't seem to stop doing it. And addictions can enslave us to particular habits. That's not good for us. And so we want to make sure that we're not, you know, uh, allowing addictions to control us. I talked about that I was... I don't know if I was addicted to lottery tickets, but that was one example that I gave that I used to try to buy lottery tickets. And I was, you know, and uh, but that was years ago. Amen. And uh, but, you know, know, the Bible talks about if you want to win in your finances, work hard, invest and do it the right way. Amen. Uh, And uh, and so and the bottom line is that when you get, get into the word of God, some of these addictions can fall off of you. You don't have to try to make them come off you. If you spend enough time in the Word of God, I remember uh, that uh, uh, one minister, Brother Copeland, used to smoke cigarettes, and he went to a meeting and uh, for three or four days on Revelation, and he said he was so he was so set in, in these meetings that he totally forgot about his cigarettes. Amen. He was so focused on the Word of God. Look at your neighbor and say, "Get focused on the Word of God." Amen. And so and so we need to get more focus on the word and we need to be more heavily minded. I'm preaching to somebody today than worldly minded. And it's easy to get worldly minded in this life. Amen. Amen. And so uh, today I want to talk to you about uh, a topic on sexual strongholds. Now, now, you know, most people don't want to use the word sex in church. Amen. But it's all over the place. And so we're, this is going to be rated PG-13 this morning, amen? Probably, you know, you guys already know it, but, but as, as, as uh, the world, we are in a se- sexual revolution. The, the enemy is working and trying to make, you know, and, and he, he turns sex into fun, and in the name of fun, we can go downhill. In the name of fun, here, <laughs> well, it's fun, Amen. Yeah, yeah, I got to have some fun. Yeah, but fun can, ter- can send you to hell. <laughs> fun can destroy your life. No, you, you don't need fun. You need purpose. Fun can, can, can take us down the, the primrose path of destruction. And so we need to be very careful with this idea. Well, I got to have fun, Pastor. I, I got to have fun. I got to sow my wild oats. Uh, you know, I, I got to have some fun. Yeah, but it can cost you. Having fun can cost you, especially in the area of sex. And sex is a good thing between a man and a woman in the context of marriage. I'm preaching today. In the context of marriage, but outside of marriage, it can be devastating. And we don't want to be playing around 
outside of marriage in the area of sex because it can it can destroy us and uh, it can devastate our lives. And the devil wants to pervert everything that is good that, that, that God has created. And he wants to turn it into something bad. Amen. Sex is a good thing in the context of marriage, but it's not a good thing outside of marriage. And we are in the end days and, you know, uh, Hollywood and, and everybody, you know, you know, Hollywood and and, and the, the, the secular music, you know, glorifies sexual relations uh, outside the marriage. And I'm telling you, it, 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 the enemy is trying to say, just do it in the name of fun. You've got to test drive the car before you drive it. I don't believe that that, you know, I don't believe that. Amen. And uh, no, no, love is the key. Sex is, I'm going to say this, sex is not, you know, some men may say sex is everything in a marriage, but, but sex is not everything in a marriage. It's, it's just the icing on the cake. It's not the cake. Because you can't have sex 24 hours a day. You've got to have a relationship. Amen. I mean, you, you can't even have, you, most of you can't even have it more than, uh, you know, a certain amount of times a week. Amen. And then it's not like for hours. Amen. So what am I saying to you today? I'm saying that, it, that the enemy will try to make it a lot bigger than what it really is. And it is a good thing, but in the context of marriage, but it's not everything. We don't live for that. Some people, do, you know, they, they live for those kind of things. And uh, it says here, Genesis, uh, in, in the days of Noah, Genesis 6, 5 and 6 says this, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of the heart was only on evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. And so here, uh, we're sort of like the days of Noah. And a uh, lot of people, I'm talking about people outside of church, uh, uh, their, their minds are on wickedness all the time. They're, they're thinking about wicked things. Even the games that the kids play these days, it's all based on killing and destroying and, and, and all this. It's, it's all designed for carnality. And we know in Genesis 6, 5, and 6, it said that, that God was grieved. See, God is grieved when we think evil. I'm going to say it again. God gets grieved. And, and, and God was grieved uh, in, the, in the day of Genesis with Noah. And, and the Bible said that he, ha- he, he created a flood. And uh, he started over with Noah and his family to start the human race over again. Because the race was so evil. And the, and the righteous seed would, would have been choked out. But thank God that God had a plan. Amen. Amen. And God always has a plan, no matter what the enemy's doing, no matter what the enemy's trying to do out here. I'm going to say this. Can I say something this morning? Don't get so focused on the evil out here. There's a lot of evil outside the church. But let's focus on the good things God's doing in the church. I'm going to say that again. There's a lot of evil going on outside the church, but let's Let's focus on the good things that God is doing in the church. Amen. And so our society will behave according to what it's dictated to. And a lot of times our society is dictated to the government rules. Amen. You know, if the government can legislate it. Amen. If the government says it's okay, then 
then it's okay. Not really. If the government okays it, doesn't mean it's okay. Now, it may be legally okay, but, but is it morally okay in the Bible? So just because the government says it's okay, and just because Vegas says it's okay, doesn't mean it's okay in God's eyes. Amen? Let's look at Romans 1.21. This is where uh, Romans 1.21 and 25, this is where society's at. And we got to look at this, and we got to make sure that we're not moving towards the, the, the way society's going, amen? Because the majority's not always right. I'm going to say again, the majority's not always right. And uh, in Romans 1, 21, 25, it says, Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. This is interesting because this is telling me that everybody, in a sense, knows the Bible says eternity has been placed in the heart of every man and woman and child, amen, on this planet. So everybody knows instinctively, even though they may want to repress it, they instinctively know there's a God. They may not, they may say, I don't believe in God, but instinctively, you start talking about Jesus, they're going to start backing up. Instinctively, they know. And it says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And I'm telling you, the ways that we start moving away from God, even as Christians, we, we, if we stop worshiping him or if we stop giving him thanks, that is the way of us backing out of the light of God's glory. So we have to continue. Look at your neighbor and say, continue to worship him. And give him thanks. If you want to receive more from God. How many people want to receive more from God in this place? I want to receive more from God. You have to develop a capacity. A capacity of gratitude in your life. Of thanksgiving. And the more thankful you are. The more you're thankful you are to God. And what he has done for you. The more God can give you. He can give you more. Remember Jesus. When he was standing at the grave of Lazarus, and, uh, and, uh, and Lazarus was dead, and the, and the stone was in front of it, and he told the people to roll the stone away. And the first thing he said before he raised Lazarus was he says, God, I thank you. I'm preaching to somebody today. God, I thank you that you always hear me. Think about that. He, he, he thanked God before a miracle was produced. And if you want a miracle, how many people would like a miracle in your life? Well, you start thanking him for the miracle before the miracle comes. I'm going to say it again. Start thanking him. And if you stay in that attitude of thankfulness and gratitude, because the enemy, what he's trying to do is get us upset with God. Get us mad at God. Get us mad at the church. Get us mad at other Christian people. Amen. No, no. If the enemy can't get you offended. Amen then he can't, he can't take you away from the things of God. And, and we always have to guard our hearts because the enemy's constantly trying to separate us, I'm preaching today, from the goodness of God. He's trying to separate us. Amen. Praise God. I was hearing, remember, there was a, there was a man that uh, came into a school. This was a few weeks back in Texas. And he shot these kids in the, in the classroom. Anybody remember hearing about that? 
And uh, and he came in and and it's and of course the police officers stood out there and waited and they didn't do too much, and um, and so all these kids got killed and all that, and uh, but they they were able to to get the guy too. But uh, the bottom line was one guy was talking to one of one of the guys that I know another Christian at, at church. He didn't believe in God. He said, "Where was God at when when this man was shooting these kids?" I'll tell you where God was at. He was on the cross dying for our sins. Jesus paid the price 2,000 years ago. You know, the bottom line is God's not running this world. If God was running this world, it would be like heaven. But God's running heaven. God's trying to get, get into this world through saints' prayers, through us praying. It seems as if God can't do anything unless we pray and allow God to work through us, the body of Christ, because he's given us authority to do some things. And when you kick God out of the schools and you, and you take the Bible out of the schools, then, then what you leave it with is you leave it with, with, with the devil that will come and try to destroy our school system. And then you say, where is God? Where God was in the schools at one time. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I'm getting on my soapbox, but are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So when that guy says, where was God? Well, you've got to have God in your equation. You've got to invite him. You know, you have to invite God. You've got to ask for God to come into your situation. You, you, know, it's, you know, I know God seeks us, but he draws us by his spirit. But then you're going to have to, when he knocks on that door, you're going to have to answer that door. I'm going to say it again, when, he, when God knocks on that door, you need to answer that door. Amen. And answer it with faith and say yes and amen. I'm walking with God. Amen. And so it says here that, that they, they knew God, but they, they didn't give God thanks. They didn't praise him. And they begin to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, instead they became utter fools. Instead of worshiping the glorious and ever-living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people, birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to whatever shameful things their hearts desire. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worship and serve the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise Amen. So what is he saying? He's saying, you know, you got people, you know, they're, you know, the government's trying to legislate all this stuff, you know, marriage uh, between a man and a man and a woman and a woman and trying to legislate stuff. It's okay. No, it's not okay in God's eyes. Amen. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Amen. Amen. That's how God created it in Genesis. And he, he hadn't stopped that way. Amen. It continues to be that way. Amen. So let's let me dispel some sex lies today. The first sex lie is sex is an animalistic action. It's just an animalistic action. We are not animals. Amen. Even though Darwin may say that we were we may came from a monkey or whatever. We're not animals. We're not part of the animal kingdom. Amen. We don't run on instinct. Amen. No, we're not animals. We're, we're human beings created in the image of God. Amen. 
Look at your name and say, you're created in the image of God. Amen. And some, some people believe that following their feelings uh, is the key when it comes to sex. Just because uh, you feel a certain way doesn't mean you have to act on it. Just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean you have to act on it. In other words, you can say no to your flesh. I said this before, your, your body makes a wonderful slave, but a terrible master. So your body's not supposed to be controlling you. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Even, even sickness, if it's attacking your body, it has no power to control you. You have the power to control it. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? You can tell those symptoms to go, and they have to go when you speak to the mountain. And you might say, how long is that going to take? It doesn't matter. They're going to go. Amen. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So King David, uh, he was a man after God's own heart. This man wrote the Psalms. God loved this man, raised him, established his kingdom. But David, in 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 5, he did not control his eyes. Men you're going to have to learn to control your eyes. Are, are you hear what I'm saying? Men are more eyes, you know, we're, we're more, uh, yeah, yeah, that's why when, when, God made, when God made Eve, you know, Adam said, whoa, man. Are you hear what I'm saying? Whoa, man. I mean, he was knocked out, man. Are you hear what I'm saying? Whoa, man. And when you met your wife, uh, uh, fellows in the church, you said, whoa, man, you had to have her, right? And, uh, but praise God. Uh, but, but we are, we are um, uh, you've heard it, eye candy. Well, you don't need any eye candy. Amen. You need to be very careful with eye candy. And so in 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 5, it said it happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servant with him and all of Israel, they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. This is, these are some keys here. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he laid with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house, and the woman conceived, and she sent and told David, and said, I am with child. So this is something, this is something that David wasn't anticipating. And uh, David, one of his problems, and one of our problems when we start uh, moving in the areas of lust in our lives one of the areas, David, he did not go out with his soldiers for battle. And I'm going to say this, that you've got to understand this, that every day we are in a battle. And we have to stay busy in doing what God wants us to do. And if we're busy in doing what God wants us to do, we're not going to have time to do what the devil wants us to do. And so David, one of his downfalls was he, he, got, he got relaxed in his faith. He didn't think he needed to go out with, with his army. And, and then what happens is when you're not doing what God wants you, if you're not staying busy in the things of God and staying productive in your life, 
boredom comes in. And when boredom comes in, the enemy wants to start working on your mind to get you to shake it up a little bit. And when we start getting a little bored in our walk, we see you should never be bored as a Christian. And when we start getting bored in our walk, David got to a point where he had he, he accomplished a lot. He won a lot of battles. He, he was he was on the top of his game, but he didn't keep moving in that direction. And the devil was there to take him down. And so what did David do? He should have turned away when he saw Bathsheba, but but he allowed his eyes to focus on her and her beauty, and he allowed his feelings to control him. He disregarded the commands of the Lord with his feelings of his lust, and he allowed it to dominate him. And you know what? It caused him a lot of problems. He, he maintained his kingship, thank God for that. But the bottom line is, he had bloodshed all through his house. He had things in his life, it, it affected his children. And our relationship with God and our relationship with the world, if we have more relationship with the world than God and we are parents, it will affect our children. It will affect our seed. Amen. And so we need to be very careful. Lie number two, sex is a recreational activity. The world views sex as something that you can do for fun without consequences. Sex is more than a recreational activity. It's a bonding between two individuals. So it's more than just recreation. In Genesis 2, 24, it says, Therefore, if a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So we see here it's more than just a recreational situation. It's body, spirit, soul, and body that's coming in union with one another. That's because you become one with that other person. And so you need to be very careful because you can have soul ties with the wrong person. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so we got to make sure that we don't have these soul ties. Samson is a, is a big, uh, uh, is a person that was a judge for God. He was raised up to be the judge to show the Philistines, you know, teach the Philistines a lesson for attacking the Israelites. And Samson was raised up and he was a mighty man of valor. But he allowed Delilah to get into his life. And Delilah was a Philistine, which he had no business messing with. He had no business messing with somebody. And I'm telling you, as a Christian, we don't, have, we don't really have a business messing with somebody that's not a Christian. Or dating non-Christians. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? No, 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 no. No, you stay in the Christian family, glory to God. Because their, un, their, their unbelief can sway you more than your belief can sway them. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so Samson, he, 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 he put his head in the lap of Delilah. And I'm going to say this to you today. You got to be very careful that you're not putting your head in the lap of of the Delias that the enemy wants to put in your life. Amen. And so what happened was that Samson was anointed, mighty man of valor, and she was able to find out the secret of his anointing. And she was able to expose that secret, and eventually she took the anointing away from Samson. Are oh, you hear what I'm saying? In other words, the grace 
can dissipate in our life if we allow the wrong Delilahs to come into our lives. Amen. And that's what I'm saying now. Now, it may not be a physical thing, but it might be an Internet thing. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. So number line number three, sex is not an isolated event. It kept in a context of the moment. Amen. It's, it, it, it's, you can click and click it off and on and you think it won't affect you. It will affect you. I'm going to say that again. You can't be clicking and looking at things on the Internet and, and, and that will and think that that's an isolated thing. You're not with anybody. No, no. Their spirits connect it to the Internet. And what the devil's trying to do is get some spirits attached to you to where you get so uh, addicted that you can't stop. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so we need to make sure that we, we, we need to say no in those areas. And uh, if you have to, get rid of your computer. Amen. And, and so we need to understand that. So, so in Titus 1.15, it says, Everything that is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving, because their minds and consciences are corrupted. So I'm going to say this. That when you are looking at the wrong things on the internet, you can develop a spirit of lust. And then now your eyes, because the Bible talks about, you you know, that there are people that will turn away from God and that their eyes are full of adultery. What does that mean? You're looking at, at the opposite sex and you're thinking about being with them in a sexual context. And we don't need to be in that realm. Amen. Because really, we need to be looking at people through the eyes of God. Yeah. Not that they're, 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 they're somebody that you can win, uh, that you can conquer. Amen? And so we need to understand this, that God is looking for a pure bride. He's looking for a holy bride. He's looking for a church without spot or wrinkle. I'm preaching today. Yeah. Amen? And so we need, we need to understand that, 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 that sex is more than just a physical thing. It's, it's an intimate thing that can attach to our souls. And we got to make sure that we keep it in the context of marriage. And, and it says here in 1 Corinthians, 6, 1 Corinthians 6, 15 and 20, it said, Do you not know that your bodies are a member of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you know? That he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body. For it is said the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality and other sins a person commits outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you know that your bodies are temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, Honor God with your bodies. So I like to say this, that you need to make your body as a living and holy sacrifice. Amen. Unto the Lord. You need need to say, you need, sometimes you might need to say, God, I'm making my body as a living and holy sacrifice unto you. Amen. Now that could be that could be more than just in a sexual context. That could be in the foods that we eat. Oh, I'm preaching today. Now you're meddling, Pastor, because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, 
And so you don't want to be putting everything down your throat and just bless and, and asking God to bless it. That's not good for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Cokes and Pepsis and all this. God bless it to the nourishment of my body. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You've you got you to commit your bodies as a living and holy. Am I preaching to somebody today? Now I know moderation is the key. You can, you can have a cookie every once in a while, but don't have it for, for, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? It's okay. Moderation's the key. Cake's okay, but not every day. Amen. 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 Glory to God. You're going to have problems. You're going to have problems. I, let, me, let, me just, uh, let me just break down these four keys on how to break sexual addiction in your lives. Amen? Number one, make a commitment to, God, to God's way. In other words, repent. Amen? If there's an area in your life, if there, you've got a weakness... You need to repent. It says here in Isaiah 1, 18 and 19, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Amen. And so what he's saying is that, that listen, um, it doesn't take a lot of sin to take you down. I'm going to say that again. It just takes a little bit of sin. It doesn't take a lot of sin. You know, like, Pastor, I'm not going out there doing major stuff. I'm just, I'm just on the Internet a couple times a week. It's, it's just, you know, it's just so I can escape life. No, you know, a little bit of sin can destroy your life. It doesn't take a lot of sin. That's, we, we get this idea, well, I live 99% good, 1% bad. Well, that 1% can destroy your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You say, well, how can that? Because that 1% will grow into 2%, into 3%, into 10%, into 20%. It will start to grow in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, 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 so you got to be very careful. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things. So you got to watch the little things. Amen? In 2 Corinthians uh, 6, 17 through 18, it says, Therefore come out from among them, And be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So there should be a time in our life where we draw the line and say, okay, I'm not not watching rated R movies with nudity in it anymore. Oh, it's quiet in this church today. (laughs) I'm not going to subject myself to these things. I'm not going to subject myself to... To, 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 uh, to books, you know, romance books that has cursing in it, cussing, and all kinds of sexual things. And I'm not going to subject myself to that. Oh, it's quiet in this. <laughs> but pastor, you try to take away all my fun. Amen. No, 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 no. You can have fun. You can have it clean fun. Say clean fun. Amen. Number two, we have to learn, these are four keys to break sexual addiction. We have to learn to manage our minds. The devil is after your mind and he wants to destroy your life. Let me give you some stats and dangers on the internet, how, how the internet can be dangerous. 30% of the internet is being used by people viewing porn. The porn industry makes more money than the NFL, NBA, baseball, and National Hockey League combined. Amen. The average age of a young person seeing the first obscene image is around 12 years of age. Amen. So Proverbs 4.23. So this is an epidemic out here. 
The enemies, you know, now, you know, you used to have to go to a store and buy the stuff. Remember the, the magazines? They used to have magazines. Now it's just a click away and it's free. But it's, but it's not too free when it takes your soul. Because it will take your soul away. So just that one click can destroy your soul. Are oh, you hear what I'm saying today? So you got to be very careful, amen? Now, the, the devil's crafty. He's, he, he'll give it to you free. But it's not free because it will take away your life. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Guard your heart above else, for it determines the course of your life. Uh, protect your heart, amen? Guard it, because out of it flows the issues of life. You know, uh, how do we guard our hearts? Well, we guard, uh, we put, you know, securities on our internet and stuff like that, filters, whatever you need to put on so you won't easily click on something that can, draw, that can sway you into the wrong area. Be open with your spouse. If you're on Facebook, uh, if you're on any of these social networks, uh, and even your, your, your mail, your spouse shouldn't be able to get into all that, and you, you should be an open book. If your spouse wants to jump on your Facebook, they should be able to have the, the freedom to do that. Amen, you shouldn't have secret passwords yeah. from your spouse. Amen. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? Put filters on their movies. I, li- I like, you know, clear play. We, 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 we've even watched movies here where we would take out any kind of nudity. Uh, some movies are, are they're pretty decent. You know, most movies Hollywood makes, a lot of them have a good storyline in it. And it's only about, you know, it's a small percentage that has the sexual and the, and the cussing in it. And normally when I go through clear playing it and it has a good storyline, it normally knocks out about five minutes out of that entire movie. Just five minutes, but, but that five minutes can, can destroy our lives. So if you can remove that five minutes out, you know, because that's what the Hollywood does, it will try to shake it up and make it, make it you know, uh, where, where people want to go see the movie, amen? And they would try to put these things in there, but you don't have to put nudity and cussing to make a good movie. Amen. amen. And, so, and so these are things, filters and movies. Romans 8, 5 and 8 says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are living according to the Spirit on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So what is he saying here? He's saying that our mind sets needs to be spiritually mindsets. We need to have spiritual mindsets. In other words, we need to constantly be putting worship music on. Constantly reading the word of God. Constantly praising and thanking God. We got to get keep God in our equation at all times, Amen. And when we're doing this, it's going to be hard for the devil to get in. I like what it says in Psalms one hundred one two to three. I'll behave wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. So the psalmist is saying. That even though you're in the, your privacy of your own house, make that house your sanctuary. In other words, what you you would you would in church you would be uh, you wouldn't do anything wrong in church. Hopefully, so don't do anything wrong in your own house. 
live the same way in church that you would in your own house. Number three, we need to maintain healthy relationships. Because in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. We need to be very careful that we're not in relationships, especially with carnal Christians that aren't standing on the word of God. Because they can draw us away from our steadfastness. Am I preaching to anybody today? Amen. And so we need to be very careful with our, our relations. Number four, we need to magnify God's plan for our life. Make God bigger in your life uh, than anything else. In 2 Corinthians 7, 1, it says, With promises like this to pull on us, dear friends, let us make clean break with everything that defiles and distracts us, both within and without. Let make our entire lives fit in holy temples for the worship of God. So these are keys that we can do to, to, to maintain uh, purity in our lives. And when you're walking in the purity of God, I'm telling you, because when, let me just say this, when you're not walking in purity, it shuts down the peace and joy in your life. I'm going to say this again. When you're not walking in holiness, uh, the Bible says, without holiness, no man will see the Lord. What do I mean by that? In other words, we won't experience the goodness of God when we're not walking in holiness. We won't see, the sunset won't look beautiful. You know, I, I notice the closer I am to God, I see a sunset, I say, oh man, how beautiful that sunset is. Or I'd be, uh, I'm worshiping in my car and I'm worshiping and I'll see a bird fly, you know, from, from the nest or, uh, or, or fly up to the nest or whatever, a pretty bird. And I say, oh, what a gorgeous bird. What, 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 what a gorgeous creation God has made. And when I'm walking with God, it seems like his creation becomes more beautiful. But when I'm not walking with God like I need to, it seems like everything seems to be drab. Even, you know, the birds don't look as nice. The sky doesn't look as blue. Uh, it doesn't look as clear to me. Why? Because the enemy's trying to taint everything in our life. He's trying to make everything look bad. And, and, and he's trying to get us in a place where we're, where, where we're regretting where we're at in our life. And I'm saying this to you. You don't want to be in that place where you're having a little bit of sin in your life, where, you are, where things are being tainted, where the glory of God is being tainted in your life. You don't want that glory to be tainted. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Every day you should be waking up, smiling, praising the Lord, thanking Him for the day, even if it's raining. I was listening. I'm closing down, but I was listening. Even if it's hot, glory to God. Because that should remind us that we should be hot for God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So I'm going to say this. Get the sin out of your life. Get anything in your life that, that's hindering you, especially if it's sexuals. Get that stuff out of your life. Because I'm telling you, God has a plan for your life. The devil has a plan. He wants to wreck it. But God has a plan and he wants to build your life and he wants to make your life into a beautiful tapestry of love, of joy, of peace, of victory. Do you believe that today? Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Father, that we are getting closer to you. And Father God, we know that, that, that sex is a strong place in a lot of people's lives. And we know that, that sex sins can destroy our lives. And I just thank you, Father God, that if there's anyone in this room or watching online that's dealing with that, I, 
I, I just take authority and break the powers of the devil off of you in the church and off of you watching online. And I thank you and I declare freedom in this area. And Father, I thank you for those that are watching online. Perhaps you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life. Well, the Bible says Jesus uh, came to save us and deliver us and to set us free. And today, if you're ready to make Jesus Lord, just pray this simple prayer and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.